This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 182 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and joining me this week is Jake. How are you my good man? You well? I'm I'm good. I think I'm going to be able to uh, have a prolonged period of speaking this week so uh I'm back. I'm having a great time. Um, no, all good, mate. I've worked from home today, so it's been one of those days where hopefully my boss doesn't listen to this. I haven't done a whole lot. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll just sh- introduce you to my, uh, well, not my, my flatmate's kitten, Cairo, who I will show you again, is getting yeah, in the way, horrible. constantly getting in my way. But um, no, all good, mate. Um had a lovely time in Bolton on Saturday. Fantastic! Had a great time. Um, and looking forward to, to to Saturday afternoon. Finally back at home and what it feels like. Well, it's been nearly a month in it because it was technically the last time we played a league game at Central Bank was Derby at home, and that was on the twelfth of sept- the thirteenth of September. And yeah, that it was a feels like a bloody long time it? ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought we've had one home league game. Um, in September, but then in uh, October, all of our home games or all of our games are home games, I think, aren't they? So it's I think uh, no, because we have Ipswich away and Barnsley away this month and Port Vale away this month. You, uh, you've not well, been really looking at the calendar, have you? I've got it up in front of me now. No, sorry, yeah, I've, uh, one November. Two, three. I've been gone about November. Every game we play in November is at home. I'm pretty sure. Unless, Apart from, but we've got cup games because we've got Plymouth yeah, in November and I'm sure I saw somewhere that we had like four home games on the bounce at one point. That might that might be next year because if you look at the way that they've done the fixtures this year, it's ridiculous. Especially if you're someone that likes to go to the away games um, like myself. All the away yeah. games are, are pretty much in the first half of the season, which is really, really annoying rather than having them split out. So like we've just done... Um, Rovers, Ipswich, um, Bolton, and then we've got other three this month as well. It's it's hurting the pocket, Ben. To be honest, and uh, it, yeah. it, on a tight on a tight budget, mate. We're a tight ship here at, 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 on 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 this road. So 
at Todd HQ. Todd. Do you know what? I've not been called Todd for a while. Do you know what? Do you not really not bet? Right, I'll tell you what, this is going completely on a tangent, and I know <laughs> I shouldn't, but we're having a Halloween party this this year, right? And my flatmates decided to set up an event, yeah? And guess what it guess what is in the description? She's gone, myself and Todd are having a Halloween party this year. She doesn't even listen to the podcast. She has no idea what's going on. Cornell is just I mean, in fairness, she did change your Twitter name to it, so that was hoping that you would all stop, but it it, oh, no. it, it hasn't stopped. <laughs> anyway, we uh, yeah. Anyway, right. So, obviously, you know, a, 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 a loss on Saturday at Bolton. Um, I think one of the reasons that Gaz isn't on tonight is because he's he's done quite a bit on Bolton on on his dog walks and on the site as well. So, um, it was. An indifferent result. Um, I think it was a decent enough performance, though. I know that probably sounds counterintuitive, given the fact that we lost two nil. But I think we went up there and we we went set a stall out in the right way um, to play Bolton because obviously they're riding pretty high at the minute. Um, the quality that they've got that they can bring on. Uh, well, I mean, we saw it, didn't we, um, on on Saturday. Uh, and I think going there and trying to soak up the pressure and you know, switching to three at the back, which was a welcome surprise, um, kind of set us in good stead. Um, but, you know, ultimately it was, well, it was two individual mistakes that, that cost us the game, wasn't it? I mean, you might have seen it, Ben, but I was about 50 miles away from the pitch in the upper tier. I was absolutely <laughs> clinging on for dear life. I'm, I'm terrified of height. So, was it as bad uh, as Sunderland? Uh, no, it's not. But the thing with the, with the uni bowl is it's it's steep. Like, so can you imagine being at the San Zero? It's like that. I mean, yeah, it's not yeah. as high, but um, my God, I was I was designated driver for our away day this year. So so Chris and Keith got to drink. Um, so I was sober, scared of heights in the top tier at Bolton. It didn't really make a nice cocktail. But um, I think you're right in terms of you know Chris went into detail, didn't he, on the lo- on the last podcast about how Bolton play with with the you know they're pretty much religious in their three at the back method under Ian Everett. I think we decided to go and match them up. Um and I like I wasn't against it because um you know it was only a couple of weeks ago against Bristol Rovers that um we were playing four at the back but everyone was crying out for Jackos to come on to make it to go five at the back so that the game didn't progress into some sort of crazy six six draw and you know to keep yeah. the win. So um I, I was quite happy with it, with the lineup when I first saw it, um, and I think we. I think I think actually before before we get onto the performance, I said I said to somebody in the stand, I said I'd rather take a performance over than a result today, purely because I know mm. Bolton are going to be in the top six this season, maybe even the top three or four. Um, they're strong at home, that and and it's a really good test for us to go and see if we're if we can cut it against the big sides this year um, on, a, on a consistent basis. And, um, yeah, I, I thought the first sort of 10, 15 minutes was probably our best period of the entire game. Um, mm-hmm. Bolton got in behind us, especially down our right-hand side a couple of times. I, know, I remember they put a cross in. I'm, I'm trying to think if it was um, Kachunga or Charles who hit it straight at Rushworth and, and he managed to keep a hold of it, which I was incredibly surprised by. But, 
you know what? I, it, I think we did well in between the boxes. Bolton weren't really great. They weren't fashioning any opportunities. I think we probably had the best opening of the first sort of exchanges with Jack Diamond. I think it was Ben House or it might have been Matthew Virtue that slipped him in. Um, um, just on about um, yeah, my flatmates just share that. Hi Chloe. Um, so yeah, but yeah, uh, the, the best opportunity sort of came. Oh, I think it was Ben House, like I say, slipped it through to Jack Diamond. And, uh, and all the confidence in the world that he's got at the moment, you thought, right, first time, Jack, just go and put, lift that over the keeper, roll it under the keeper. But I, I'm not sure why he decides to take it around Trafford. Trafford's a big lad, um, and ultimately he, he cocks it up. But until they sort of scored, um, I thought we were well in the game. I mean, I've argued with a Bolton fan in the YouTube comment section this week and on, on social media that I thought we had control of the game without having control of the football necessarily. Um, yeah, I, I know I what you mean. I think it, it we, we didn't let them take a grip of the game essentially. Um, you know, we, we, we dictated how they were playing and we stopped them playing, which is kind of what we went there to do. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd probably agree. I think we, we did have the, the better of the first 10 or 15 or so. Um, I, the, the, the effort from Diamond was unlucky. Um, it was, it it kind of felt like we could potentially nick it, or we could nick something from the game right up until the inevitable, you know, the inevitable moment in the second half. But um, first, half. I mean, when we, sorry, they scored in the first half. Yeah, but I'm talking about the second goal, Jake. Um, <laughs> but like the. Um, I mean, the penalty that was given. Um, I think my first instant, my first instinct was that soft. But having you know looked back at it, there is a bit of a tug on the shirt, and I think I said, you know, I said on the podcast the other couple of weeks ago, and I think we both disagreed with Gaz in the chat that you know one of the penalties that we got the other week was soft, you know, on on diamond. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a pen. Um, ultimately and uh yeah, couldn't really do anything about it um when it went in and it, it didn't deflate the, the the team which i think is probably something that we saw a lot last year um there was a lot of you know when somebody when a team scored last year heads went down heads dropped and we were we looked really really vulnerable and potentially could have conceded a second but that didn't happen on saturday i think it you know they kept the shape they kept everything quite tight and they you know they kept that defensive performance up um, but yeah, I, I think we didn't look too threatening after that first 20 minutes or so. Um, and it was always going to be one of those moments, you know, where we could potentially hit them on the break after, uh, after the, the move broke down. Um, I mean, unfortunately it didn't happen, but, um, I mean, you know, how would you think that was probably a fair, fair assessment the first yeah, half? I've, I, yeah, I've, I think so. I think. The, the the whole thing that disappoints me with the penalty, um, and if I'm not careful, it will open up a whole different can of worms on um, referees in, at the EFL and, and the standard of officiating. Um, I think the most annoying thing is that the referee um, clearly doesn't give the penalty, and he's in charge yeah. of the football match. Um, you know, he's probably got the best view out of. The three officials that have got, got yeah. uh, he's five yards away from it, ten yards away from the incident. Um, you know, he's clearly given it the big hands. No, it's not a penalty. I mean, 
looking at looking at it back, I mean, it, it definitely is. Um, it, it, it's Jacko's. I think it's Jacko. Um, he's pulled on the shirt of, of the attacker. Um, the attackers then, instead of falling backwards, has felt falling forwards, which confused me a little bit. Um, um, and all I mean, he, he made a meal of it, but there was there was enough to give the pen, I think. Yeah, and, and all, all eyes were on the referee because the referee had made such a big indication that that um, yeah. he wasn't going to give the penalty. And then all of a sudden, like the game stops, and you're thinking, right, well, it's a goal kick. Let's um, see if we can go and get ahead. But. Mm. The goal kick never gets taken. You think, what on earth's going on? You just the longer it went on, you thought, well, you know, there's no VAR here. Um, thank God there probably wasn't, but they're clearly going to reverse it. And I'm, I'm not sure if I can. The linesman, I, I don't know if it's the liner that give it or the fourth official that give it. Um, I think Ian Everett said in it in an interview post the game that the fourth official was pretty. Um, proactive in making the decision. Um, so I think the, all... from what from what he said, I think it sounded like the, the fourth official could hear the conversation between the referee and the linesman. Yeah, because um, I've obviously got the, the earpieces and stuff, and it sounds like the linesman was the one that pointed it out and said, "No, that's a penalty." But I, I do agree to a point in that the referee clearly has the better view of it, um, and like you said, the fact that the the motion for no penalty was so big. I mean, as soon as he went down, it you know it was it wasn't just a shake of the head and point to the you know point for a goal kick. It was a full on both yeah. arms swinging out. No, that's not a penalty. That's a goal kick. And he didn't he didn't sort of re blow for the penalty, did he? he just kind of moved his arm, which mm. it, it's a confusing thing. But yeah, I mean. We've had a lot to say on on some of the officials that we've uh, we've had this season. I mean, ultimately, he wasn't the reason that, that we lost on Saturday. Um, no, I think the it was just a frustrating moment, wasn't it? I think the standards been pretty good this year. I think it's been better than it has been in previous years. Um, on the whole, probably yeah. On the whole, um, I would just say that I'm not sure how the linesman's been able to overrule the, the referee who's meant to be in charge of the game. I understand that the lineman may have a better view of it, but it's the other side of the penalty area to the line mm. where the linesman's up. So, look, it, it, I'm running out of excuses, maybe, and, and maybe <laughs> um, people will call me stupid for say, for defending it. But, I mean, for, at first glance, it, it wasn't a penalty. And there were incidences in the second half, which we'll come on to, that that very linesman then missed or that ref- the referee then yeah. missed and didn't overrule or, you know, I wouldn't mind if the referee was shit for everybody, Ben, but mm. they aren't. There are obvious referees in the EFL that are home referees and we had one against Derby County. Don't get me wrong, we've, we've had a fair share of it, but some referees are easily swayed by the crowd and, and Bolton have got, what, do they have maybe 18,000 in there on on Saturday and they they, they 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 practically made that decision for the lines. You know, I can imagine, you know, they're all sat there and the you know the, the cigars and the little flat caps on behind the, the linesman of this shout and the, it was a penalty. But do you know what? Um, yeah, it, it was just a, if you look at it back, it's a mistake from Jackson because he drops out and then allows Kachunga to drift back in and um, and ultimately that's where he's he's messed up. And to be fair, the penalty. Um, I'm not going to criticise Rushworth because strikers should always score penalties and I'm a goalkeeper myself so I don't believe that a goalkeeper doesn't have the right to save a penalty um, but maybe he could have made a bit more of an effort but 
Dion Charles pretty much just smacked. I'm not going to criticise him, but <laughs> <laughs> but but Dion Dion Charles just, just just completely like I don't think he had any. Um, I don't think he directed it very well. I think he just smashed it as hard as he could, and yeah, it, no, when, when you strike a ball that hard from outside, you know, inside twelve yards, it's going to go flying in if you've got it remotely right. So that that was the first disappointing thing of the afternoon. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously then came out for the second half and it, it, it seemed to be more of the same, um, you know, trying to soak up as much pressure as we can, potentially hit him on the break. Um, and it, it sort of started to run out of steam a little bit until it was about 60, 65 minutes or so um, when made a double sub, uh, Mandriou and Max Sanders came on. Really good to see Danny Mandriou start or, you know, play rather than start. Sorry, it was just, just that he came on as a sub. Um, really good to see him on the pitch. Um, I, I think I think Jordan Garrick had a tough afternoon um, until he came off. I, I think he tried to make things happen, but they just weren't quite coming off for him. Um, you know, you're obviously up against... Um, he would have been up against... Johnston, the left centre-back, and then yeah. uh, Jack Idale as well, the left wing-back. Yeah. It was, he got so, crowded out pretty much all afternoon. Yeah, I mean, it, you could see it in that the, there was a few instances where, I mean, it, to be fair, it happened with us as well. You had three or four players on one attacking player um, for both sides. So it was it was a difficult afternoon for him. Um, but, you know, I, I thought... Um, I thought... He did. He did fairly well until he came off. He just started to fade a little bit in that in the second half. Um, but Danny Mandrew uh, was definitely one of the positives to come out of Saturday. Um, I thought he looked really, really hungry, and he looked like he had a point to prove, didn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, we have spoke at length. Me and me, me and Chris on the Western Dimp Show. We, we mentioned that Danny Mandrew coming on was a was a massive highlight. Obviously, everyone. Football, you know, all the everybody at the football club, the supporters were really excited when he came in the building. Given, you know, yes, it's his YouTube highlights package, and everyone looks <laughs> good on YouTube. But he's doing it at a level which means that he his, he helps his side qualify for the Champions League, which is um, on a level that not many of us have, uh, have sort of seen before. Um, and for, he had a really a really tricky start, hasn't he, to life in Lincoln, being being injured, and then he came, he came over injured, didn't he, and then got a setback in training that delayed it because we spoke to him. Um, I think it was before uh, a home game, a Saturday home game that we had. I'm not sure which one it was. And he thought he was going to be back for Barrow, never sort of transpired. And then obviously on the bench on on, on Saturday, which we were all delighted with. Um, when he came on, to be honest, I thought probably um, we, we gave Matt men of the half in, in the West End show. We, we couldn't give a man of the match because nobody really deserved it. But um, Danny Mandrew definitely earned the, the the award for the second half for his performance. I thought he looked really good. He was you know demanding the ball. Um, he, although he was played out on that right hand side, he was playing very narrow, um, which was pretty op- you know bipolar to what Jordan Garrett does. He tries to stretch the game and get in behind us. Um, Danny Mandrew was coming to feet all the time and, and, and drifting in and I think Jack Diamond was doing something similar as well to try and help Ben House because Ben House was getting you know severely crowded by Ricardo Santos who's a big unit who you know oh, they've got the other two absolute brick shit massive isn't he he's massive and he was just getting Ben House was getting crowded out and that's to no shame of, of, of Housey because they're good centre-halves for the level um, yeah. but yeah like a, he just 
came inside, gave the Bolton um, defenders something else to think of. I think there was one moment I got really frustrated with him when I think we were clearly on the counter-attack, the ball sort of centre of the pitch, just their side of the halfway line. And he tried, he, I think he just forgot to take the ball with him. Um, and if, he, if he'd have continued running with the ball, he'd have been through on goal. But not a really positive performance from, from Danny. Um, really impressed. And hopefully now that you know we've got this game on Saturday coming up, might be his first chance to, to get a start and hopefully have a bit of a run in the team because he definitely looks... Uh, and this isn't to, to criticise Teddy Bishop, but he looks like he looks like he's got something that Teddy's not necessarily got um, in terms well, of the ability to play at the moment. Is well, that Teddy yeah, well, yeah, 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 well, yeah, right, Captain Obvious. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, I'm not saying Teddy Bishop's vision is poor, but I think Danny Andrew can do it just a split second. The ball comes to him and he sees something, and the ball out is perfect, or the ball out wide is perfect to the fullback. And we saw that a few times. I think he linked up with TJ down the, the, the side. I know he definitely pinged out a few balls to, to Sean Rowe. It just seemed instant, a bit like, do you know what I mean? I'm snapping my fingers thinking that mm. everyone's going to know what I'm on about. But um, yeah, really positive. Danny Mandrew, you know, Max Sanders came on. I, I don't think Keith was too happy about that. He, he always moans when he comes on. But um, he sort of did all right, I suppose. Um, but when you're coming on with a player like Danny Mandrew, who's so anticipated that he gets on the pitch, then you're sort of going to go under the radar, aren't you? But um, no, happy with, with Danny Mandrew. Just like I say, hopefully he can stay knock three and um, and hopefully have a bit of a run. I mean, I think the thing is, is, is Matt's sharpness is going to come by playing more games, isn't it? He's not going to, you know, that was just a kind of moment of, of showing what he's about rather than, you know, I'm going to play a full 90 minutes and this is what you're going to get. I think it was a, a little bit of a taster um and it seemed yeah he seemed really positive um and he hopefully hopefully can push on from here um but then um possibly a, a weird a, a weird substitution uh just before just before the second goal um tashan coming on for ben house i know i don't think we had anybody on the bench that really could have could have replaced Ben House in, in a striker's mm. role. Um, I don't know whether Hopper is whether his injury had, had flared up again. I'm not sure, um, but that's the only reason I can suggest he probably wasn't on the bench. Um, but yeah, Tashan coming on, leaving us without a striker. I think kind of showed to me that, or a natural striker, I should say, showed that we were we were trying to do what we did in the first half and, and really absorb the pressure and again just go up and hit him on the break um and it, it felt like there was something in it it really did um you know that it felt like there was another goal in the game but unfortunately <laughs> it came from it, it came from the second individual mistake and this was uh yeah wasn't wasn't great from Sean Rowan, was it? It was uh, it was just a very unfortunate moment that hopefully he can put behind him fairly quickly, and hopefully the fans can as well because we've seen what can happen with you know with young players when a mistake takes over them and kind of gets in the head. Um, so hopefully, you know, people can move past it. But you know, we'll have to talk about it just now because oh, what was he thinking? 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll stand up for him, you know, given the fact that I did leave pretty much straight after we'd done it because I thought that's it, that's game over, that there's no chance we're going to come back. Um, obviously, Sean's just come back from Ireland, hasn't he, where he's been involved in European qualifying. Um, they they didn't make it based on a, on a penalty shootout they lost to Israel, so he, he's had a pretty pretty bad week in terms of on the international front, and I know it's not an excuse because they're professional footballers, but that's going to hurt because I don't think at that age group Ireland have ever been to the Euros for that age group so it was a pretty big deal for them to, to get there so um, I can't imagine he was in the best frame of mind going into Saturday but the, the I, I, I mean the thing is think... before before that mistake I thought he was one of the contenders for man of the match I thought he was excellent yeah, it, was brilliant. It, it was brilliant he was he was putting that 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 disappointment you know to bed and <laughs> All afternoon he was getting up. He was getting up, up up onto their right wing back and going further past them. And doing, I think it's um, Conor Bradley, isn't it, who's come for, from Liverpool? So he's coming up against a decent opposition wing back. Um, and I, th- I thought he handled himself really well defensively. Um, you know, Conor Bradley was pretty much ineffective all game, which is like the first time he has been all, all season because he's been one of their biggest outlets. Um, but yeah, he had a really good afternoon. Like you say, I just I just think that when Sean's picked that ball up, he's maybe seen something in his head and just gone with it rather than go to look again. You know how when you cross the road, you, you don't look once, you look twice both ways because you never know if the picture's going to change. Um, God, I feel a bit like Goldbridge doing an analogy like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think Sean has looked once and crossed the road um, mm. and he's not quite seen the evolving photo in his head. Um change to, to obviously throwing it straight into the feet of I think it was Bakioko and then obviously um from that moment the writing's on the wall isn't it because yeah you pass it into a striker like John Daddy Bodvarsson who bloody clinical because he's played at the championship pretty much his entire time in England. Um stuck it away nicely from a Bolton point of view. Um I mean what ensued next was absolute chaos I think the the, the Icelandic clap. Um don't think Jack <laughs> Jack Mullall took too kindly to it. Um, and it's cringy, isn't it? Um, but, uh, yeah, just disappointing, really, for Sean. Because, like you say, Sean, since he's come into the team, really, I'm trying to think when it was. Was it Cambridge away? He, he came back into the team. He's been really, really impressive. Done, done mm. so well. Um, I, thought, I know he's partly to blame for the fourth goal at Posh. But that ever since then, he's just been fantastic. Like the Derby game, the, the Bristol Rovers game, brilliant. Um, just a, a, a mistake and hopefully I think it shows you the character that he is that he went out and did the post-match straight away um, yeah. and, and, and not a lot of fans would have seen this if they weren't at the game but um, pretty much straight away held his hands up I'm responsible he put his hand up to the away and they went well, I'm really sorry about that. that that's completely my mistake so it shows you that he's got a good character to build on um, yeah. I, I don't think he's the sort of lad that will, will, will hopefully will let it stick in the memory too long because, you know, like you said earlier, you, you can see what a mistake can do to a young player. I, I think, you know, you just have to look at last year. Well, you know, Fiorini made mistakes and look what that did to his confidence. And Dan Lundelu the same and, and supporters got on their backs pretty quickly, didn't they? So, I mean, I think, you know, you, you even go back to the likes of Billy Knott. I mean, he was, you know, he had a mistake where he got sent off and his career kind of never recovered from that, did it? It was, it was just a, you know... One of those moments, but uh, yeah, frustrating end to to a potentially promising afternoon. Um, you know, I, I think 
a lot of people that were exploding after the game probably probably needed to take a, a second look at it. I think it was the, the result was not the story of the game on Saturday, um, and ultimately, it, it's the same thing that we've said before. In that, individual mistakes costing matches is something that you can train out of players. It's the when you get the systems wrong, when you get the the fundamentals of, of setting up wrong, that's when you've, you've got to make bigger changes rather than kind of help players get better and, and stop those individual mistakes, which, um, you know, hopefully we can, we can do. Um, but like you say, Sean can learn from it. He's, he's a young player. Um, a great example, actually, of what we were talking about last week with regards to the academy. Uh, obviously, he, he, he's come in through the Lincoln Academy. Um, he's not been... He's not a Lincoln lad, but we've we've brought him in as a Lincoln City player, um, and he's you know he's showing it now in the fact that he's probably the first choice left back, which is a bit crazy when you consider that you know we sold Teo Eden to pay for Jamie Robson. Um, or so talented, so he's so talented. He's he's got that. Do you know his mentality reminds me? Do you remember how Sean Raggett was when yeah. Sean played for us? Uh, he just looks like he's got that Sean Raggett mentality. Must be a Sean thing. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but he's, he's just got this mentality that, it, like, just so professional. I can imagine. I don't know him personally. and I'd love to. So, Sean, if you are listening to the podcast, please get in touch. But like, <laughs> I can just imagine he, he, he does everything right in the week, building up to a game, like, training-wise. He trains exactly how he plays. I imagine the food he eats. I imagine his gym work's brilliant. So, um yeah, uh, look, uh, it, it, Sean Rowland's going to go on and have a great career in football and, and hopefully um, this one mistake that he's made away at Bolton um, is purely going to be a speck on the wall of, 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 a, of a brilliant a brilliant footballer. 100%. Absolutely 100%. So, um, so yeah, other than that, um, you yeah, know, obviously... We had a chance at the end. The way that was, we had a chance at the end. I mean, I didn't see it. But Actually, yeah, we did. Sorry, yeah, I was going to... I was going to say, Matty Virtue had a great chance right at the end and it, it drew a really, really good save from their keeper. And I think probably 2-1 might have been a bit of, you know, bit of a better, bit of a better result from, you know, for the for the uh, work they put in, um, you know, the, the performance that the lads put in. But yeah, fantastic save that it drew um, um, at the very end. So um, yeah, I think that's probably point to draw a line under under Saturday. Um I say disappointing result, but plenty of positives to take from the performance. Um and then a full week, uh a full week away, you know, from from game time, which is something that's not been too too familiar over the past uh, few months to focus on Charlton, because let's be honest, there hasn't been a huge amount of news coming out of the club short of the news that Gareth Ainsworth is playing in the celebrity game, which is, it, it's almost enough to make me want to go to a celebrity game. You are a celebrity, um, Ben. You'll be on no, the pitch with him, won't you? I'm not playing, mate. I'm not I'm not an influencer, Jake, like you tried to insinuate before we came on air. I, th- you'd be, you, I'm, I can imagine you to be a, a, a number nine you know, dealing with a centre half, so the little man, maybe Chris Lamming or, or or someone small that I know. I don't I actually know how to talk Chris if I've never met him. But maybe someone smaller. Yeah. You, know, you could be like the Peter Crouch to the, the Crouch and Defoe. I'd probably say weight wise is more Bayerak and Fenwa, mate. 
<laughs> not not build wise, but you know. Anyway, John Akimbo. John Akimbo was uh, was a he was quite a tall lad. I'm not. Anyway, he scored, he scored a winner against Charlton on Tuesday. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. There we go. So, right, yeah, we'll uh, we'll come into we'll come into Charlton then. Um, the stat that you threw out to me that I'm going to steal as my own is that every time we played them at home oh, since we've been in the same division, uh, we've won, which is a really nice stat. So they've, they've come in, they haven't won since August. So it's they're on a bit of a, a difficult streak. Um, they're one place below us in the table. It's a game that I think we could probably get something from um, if we can take advantage of this uh, this streak that they seem to be on at the moment. Um, what do you reckon? Yeah, we have got to bear in mind that they are travelling from Scotland every week to, to to play their games. Obviously, Conor McGrandles is, is gone back home, hasn't he? To, now, now, to Jake. Charlton. Now, now. Not, not that we're bit, not that we're bitter. Um, no, <laughs> but like you say, Charlton are on a, a seven game unbeaten. Uh, unbeaten. They wish um, <laughs> they've not won. They've not won. They've not won in seven games in the league. And um, yeah, their performances are very, very. Um, indifferent at times obviously Charlton whilst they've been down at this level have been known to hit the reset button quite a few times under Thomas Sandgard he's this I think he's Scandinavia I, I don't stick a neck on, on which country he's from I want to say Norway um, basically he's gone into Charlton to, to try and save them and, and take them back to the championship um, unfortunately he's just left them lingering in, in League One um, I think he's director of football as well but again like I said they hit the reset button this summer um, they brought in Ben Garner from Swindon. Um, ben Garner, Swindon were like, if you look at the stats from League Two last year, like they had the most goals, most shots on target, most entries into the, the final third. They had, some, they, they, they obviously they came up short in the playoffs to to Port Vale on penalties, but um, they, they went for Ben Garner. Obviously, they, they then backed him in the summer because Charlton at this level are a very big football club, um, one of the few that have been in the Premier League. Um, I'm pretty sure quite a few teams have, but um, brought in a, a load of good players. Conor McGrandles was one. Um, they brought in uh, Jack Payne, who we know very well. Um, they signed quite a few good players as well. So um, I think they had a pretty high hopes for the season under Ben Garner, thinking that they were going to start playing um, really good football, attacking going forward. And, and to be honest with you, they've, they've not really played attacking at all. They're, they've sort of they're very they're, they're all right between the boxes but they're very toothless when it comes to attacking and then at the back they well if you, if you watch the highlights of the game against Colchester they're pretty much all over the place um, last result in the league was a was a 1-1 draw against Oxford at home um, they, they they conceded a goal where if, if you watch it back Marcus Brown's run about 30 yards before he stuck it in the bottom corner um, and then they've scored. I think it's Jaden Stockley, who we know pretty well, don't we, from his time at Exeter. So yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tricky game because Charlton, you know, like you said, the, the, like you said, we, we've beaten them every time we've been down here at home, especially. Um, but yeah, they 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 succumb to a John Akinde winner in midweek, so they might be knackered. Um, you don't know, dear. But uh, it's certainly an opportunity to go and, uh, and get another three points at home, extend the unbeaten record for Mark Kennedy at home. Um, yeah, but it's going to be difficult because every game in League One is difficult. They're probably one of those teams that 
are in a bit of a false in a bit of a false position because they've not yet gelled. Um, mm. So yeah, there's a few of them, isn't there? There's like MK Dons, Wickham. They're all below us in the league table, but you expect them to probably finish higher than us. But 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 Charlton are. Don't get me wrong, but they're not a bad side. They just they're desperate for this first win, this this win to break the streak. Like I spoke to Tyler Tyler earlier this week, he was pretty much um, he got back from Colchester at like one in the morning. He said he was just stumped for words, like how, how badly they performed. So hopefully we can take advantage of that and uh, and cause one of one or two problems for them. Yeah, I mean, I think. If I was a betting man, I would probably say both teams to score is is uh, is on the cards, mainly because they've got two former imps uh, in the lineup in the form of uh, you know Jack Payne and Conor McGrandles, and Jaden Stockley always seems to score against us. So, you know, I I think it's probably going to be one of those games that hopefully, like you said, we we can just take advantage of this this poor. This this poor run that they're on. But um, you did do a preview. Uh, was it with Charlie? Did you say Tyler? Tyler. Tyler sorry, why Tyler Rollins? Yeah, he's, he's a he's a good lad to be fair. He's been doing YouTube for for quite a while. Um, I when did I speak to him? Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Um, I sat down with Tyler on Tuesday afternoon, and uh, here's what he had to say about the addicts. New, it, it was like the club sort of hit the, re- the reset button again this season, wasn't it, with, with Ben Garner coming in and all the changes that you've made. How do you assess Ben Garner's first 10, 11 games in charge of Charlton? Is it a significant improvement on what you had before? It's an improvement, let's put it that way. I mean, this time last season, we were in the bottom four. So I think we've got, we've yeah. got to consider that as an improvement. But, I mean, you, you said it there, we hit the reset button again. You know, new manager, new system, new style of play, new philosophy, which was exciting going into the season. You know, attacking, high press, we're thinking, oh, you know, we could be, could be on some decent football. And it's been a frustrating start. I think it's probably safe to say. I mean, it started with a lot of promise, really. You know, we, we got a couple of good results. We beat Derby, very unfortunate, on the opening day against Accrington. We scored last minute and then they go right down the other end and they draw back level straight away. That was a yeah, that was a pain. And then uh, obviously we smashed Plymouth 5-1, which was an unbelievable result and performance. And then since that game, really, it was a very funny game. Plymouth have not lost in all competitions since that day and we're winless in seven. We haven't won since that game now. So, yeah, but I think I don't really blame Ghana for the start, really. I think it boils down to the transfer window, really. I don't think we recruited that well or as well as we should have done. We're now left with a squad that's weak in areas um, and we've got a side now that can't score and can't defend for anything. Um, but yeah, I think if you were to look at it from last season's perspective, we're probably seeing more of the same again, really. It's mm. frustrating football, but I don't really blame Garner because I don't think he was backed correctly and he is a young and up-and-coming manager. I'm hopeful we can um push us up the table a bit more but yeah I think it's yeah safe to say it's been a frustrating start for us again so we go thank you to Tyler there for uh for his preview with Jake you can catch the whole thing on the Stacey West YouTube channel get yourself subscribed um because there's there's stuff happening and then mate there's, uh... there is yeah videos there's two videos a week at the minute which is pretty good considering um I work full-time Gaz is busy what he's doing and you're twiddling your thumbs on your Xbox or PlayStation what, what do you do 
We have said that we might put a, uh, a, a Stacey West Mario Kart tournament on the Stacey West <laughs> YouTube channel, which don't stand a chance, you boys. You boys, I'd, I'd are, you boys you, are in bother. I would absolutely smash you. Um, but no, I mean, look, look given 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 what Tyler said about uh, about Charlton and their start to the season, um, I I don't think they will be down there for too long. I think once everything starts to click and once everything starts to, like you say, you know, starts to gel for them. I think they'll probably start to put a run together. I just, I'm just hoping for the life of me that it doesn't start on Saturday. Um, I mean, how do you reckon? Because looking at uh, looking at their lineup, they seem to have a similar kind of four three three, four three one two, or four three two one sort of lineup. I, I think. Yeah, it it's going to be an interesting one. Do you reckon we might switch it up again on on Saturday and and keep with the three at the back, or you know? Do you have you been playing might... FIFA with all those new formations, Ben? No, I have not best. been playing. Well, I have been playing <laughs> FIFA, but not with the new formations. Um, no, I, I think Ben Garner is very um, as much as maybe as tactically stubborn as Ian Everett is at Bolton. I think Ben Garner. If you look at Charl- uh, at Swindon last year, they played four three three. I imagine they'll do something similar. Um, the thing that the thing for us is how do we how do we feel the best way to get around that? And I think did Derby play four three three when they played against us? Maybe. Uh, I can't, I can't remember. remember. I think so. Um, it, it's an opportunity for us to go man for man, um, or if we want to, at this rate, we might not have a fit centre forward because uh, Ben House is it was came off injured against Bolton. Of course, and he did. Yeah. Uh, and Tom Hopper might not be in the squad, so we might be relying on God knows who to play up front. Um, so it's interesting. I wouldn't particularly mind seeing a front three of Garrick, Diamond and Mandrew with Mandrew mm-hmm. as like a false nine, sort of. Do you know what I mean? But not not yeah. like a Bobby Firmino sort of type, but but just I can imagine Danny Mandrew there is pretty dangerous because he'd be in central positions, picking the ball up in pockets. And he can hit a ball pretty well from outside the box. So I feel like that might be something we try. Um, Garrick has also had experience of playing up front. Um, Played up front for Plymouth during his loan spell last year. Um, Played up front for Swindon, actually, and and scored against us uh, two years ago, maybe just over now. So, yeah, um, I I can imagine Mark will go back to four at the back. Um, We want to try and be aggressive. We want to try and be on the front foot, not trying to react to how the opposition play because... We're at home, so um, I'd like to see us go back to the fullback. Um, probably bring in um, trying to figure out who would have missed out. Probably someone like a like a. Well, I was going to say Teddy back in, but that's horrendous. For me. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, not. Maybe maybe like like bring a, a Max in, or uh, I prefer it to be Max to play as an eight, and then you've got um, Lass, Matty Virtue, and, and Max Sanders in that midfield, and then. Like I say, that front three, I think, would be pretty dangerous as well. Um, and then the back four would, would pretty much pick itself with uh, TJ, Sean, um, probably um, Regan and O'Connor with, with Carl and Goal. I don't think you know anything's going to change out anytime soon. I don't think Jacko warranted a performance to, to stay in the 11, given his mistake. Um, and obviously, Lewis is a fair way away, isn't he, still? So, yeah. Yeah, I I think it'd be interesting. I'd like to I'd like to see him go with a false nine, but um, knowing me and my my, my tactical knowledge, he's probably going to go with a eight at the back and and play no one up front. You never know, dear. 
Mm. Yeah, no, I think um, it's going to be a going to be a good game. Um, and obviously, before the game, uh, we will be paying tribute to Dave Smith. Um, so get yourself there relatively early. Get yourself a program because I know Chris has drawn uh the cover for it this week as he does with all the home games but uh it's a special one with dave smith on it this week um but yeah overall i mean i'll, I'll sort of go back quickly to to gaz's uh, article on the site about the, the 10 game assessment um and sort of seeing roughly where we are i don't think there'll be too many complaints if we finish the season where we are at the minute um because we're what 15th is it at the moment 15th yes 15th but we've got we've got a game in hand don't we on yes. um most teams which will be Accrington who have had a bit of a spurt in recent weeks but um yeah. I, I think if we win that game in hand if, if we technically win the games in hand on the teams around us um we go into ninth which yeah is, which would be a really good if we can finish ninth that would be like Sensational, but but you're looking, but you're looking at the, you're looking at the league table, and already there's becoming a bit of a trend. There's the top eight, and then it's kind the of rest. a mini league on its own, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, if I'm honest, I think it will probably be six of those top eight that make that that, that are in the playoffs. Like I can't at this minute in time. I know it's only October, um, but it's difficult to see a team from below sort of Accrington um, making a run and charging. I know the league's tight at the moment. And I know in two weeks, um, for example, say Exeter go and win three games in a row, they could be fifth. But um, yeah. I can't imagine come May that the table's going to look too dissimilar. Obviously, I want us to be as high as we can, but um, it's been a good 10 games, Ben, for me. I think we've we've had, like Gaz said, we've had a bit of a mini season within mm-hmm. 10 games. We've had you know really good wins against Derby and Bristol Rovers, disappointing performances away at Cambridge away at Posh and then sort of games against bottom half teams that you thought we might win that we've drawn it it, it sort of feels a little bit like not like last year we've, like we've had last year in the first 10 games because mm. you can draw those wins back to like Wigan and um, Sheffield Wednesday the p- disappointing performances against teams at home you know there's too many for me to go through Hartlepool etc and then the disappointing um, defeats on the road that we had so many of last year as well. So um, I think that was pretty spot on. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know I think that's the that's the thing is that we said at the start of the season that this is going to be a work in progress season. You know we're not going to expect to finish top six um, this year, but as long as we at least try and improve on what happened last year um, in terms of the finishing position, then we'll you know, we'll be all right. I think a lot of people said as long as we're not bottom four, they'll be happy. Um, But I think there's been enough signs for me um, for, you know, from these performances that I think everyone can see what Mark Kennedy's trying to do. And I think the the biggest thing for me is that a lot of that passion, a lot of that belief and a lot of that sort of determination and grit is back. Um, in the players, like it's it's almost that refuse to lose attitude. Like you, you don't see the heads dropping when a goal goes in. You don't see, you know, people at the end of the game just sort of walking straight off the pitch and, and ignoring stuff. You know, it seems to be a lot more cohesive and a lot more, um, a lot more solid, really, um, in in the way that they're putting themselves about at the minute. Yeah, 
really been really impressed with with Mark and everybody. You have to remember that there's a lot of new people at the football club. Um, so obviously, when we interviewed Mark, when was it back in July, maybe August, whenever yeah. it was, we did the live pod with him. Um, you've got to think about all the new staff that were starting at the time as well. Ross Burberry was starting. There were so many new heads of departments that we've never had before. Obviously, John Pepper's come in the building that we spoke about last week. So there's going to be a bedding in period for everybody because they're trying to get it right. Um, and not to sit here and you know, have me, me nose at the club of the club of the art. Uh, yeah, my nose up the arse of the club. <laughs> get it out. Um, the, the, everyone's trying their hardest. And um, I think if, if everybody was able to have the access that we did um, on that night, then you'd sort of understand that why we might have the odd rough performance, you know. So, um, yeah, for, for, for me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the progress. If we finish 15th, will I take it? Yeah, probably would, actually. Um, you know, if you were going to tell me that we were going to finish above two sides that got in the playoffs last year, you'd take it when you're in, in MK Dons and Plymouth. So, yeah, it, it's, been a, it's been a good it's been a good couple of months. Obviously, we're going to have a really tough, we've got a tough month coming up. Um, mm-hmm. Bolton, Charlton, Ipswich, um, Wednesday, Barnsley, all you know, that's a lot of the teams that are in that top eight as it is. So, um, but after we see the back of that off, then we've got a, a bit more of a run against teams that are going to be in and around us. So, maybe expect us to go down the table to progress back up it again. Um, yeah, so yeah, but 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 for me, mate, I, I'm, I'm relatively happy. I think the football's not horrendous I think the football's pretty good um, yeah I, th- I think that's that's the, the key thing isn't it like a lot of a lot of people were were complaining last year about the lack of you know a plan B so to speak but it wasn't necessarily I think we said at the time it, it's not that there wasn't so much a plan B I think that the plan B seemed to be very similar to plan A in the style of football whereas you know Mark Kennedy's not afraid to to mix it up and, and really you know if 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 someone needs to, they just put the foot through it yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. at the back and, and you know, get it forward for one of a better phrase. Oh, you know, don't, um, don't, don't, I've not told you about the man that sits behind me, Ben, ever. Um, <laughs> he's, what, Pearson? He's, uh, no, no, it's not, <laughs> no, 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 you know if it was Pearson. Uh, uh, literally every week last year, I, I, I joked about it with my mates, Joe and Aidy, who, who I sat next to. There's this guy who's, he, he wears a face mask, he had the glasses, he had the hat on. Every, he would pull his face mask down and shout, get it forward, literally all the time. And do you know what? I've not heard him this year. Whether he's not there, I mean, I don't know. But um, I can understand the frustration because last year it was very much carpet football, passing it round to try and progress. But Kennedy has, if you look at the the, the patterns of play, that it is very similar. It's play it on the floor, play mm. it in between the thirds. It's, but it's trying to be a bit more progressive, a bit quicker. So then yeah. you've got you you can see you can see Paul O'Connor maybe does it five, six, seven times a game. That long diag and Regan does the same. So um, it's a bit more it's a bit more brute. It's a bit more um, direct, but we've had some great results out of being direct and sometimes to win games of football and to get promoted or to achieve your goals, you've got to switch it up and Kennedy knows how to switch it up. I mean, what God knows what we might do if plan A don't work, plan B don't work. We'll have to wait and see if he's got a plan C and a plan D, etc. But yeah, I, I I think that, I mean, I did hear on, on Saturday also that I should mention, I did hear a, 
uh, a Kennedy out. Um, chance. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I yeah, it, it was yeah, not wasn't wasn't for me. I mean, I was very pro Appleton, um, sort of right until the end. Uh, so you know, he's he's ten games into a four year contract. Um, yeah. The club are not going to sack him because it would cost the club more than what we're probably worth to get rid of him at this minute. So, um, if I, to that person, if you listen, suck it up. Everyone else likes him, so crack on and deal with it. Sorry. I mean, I think I think that's the that's the argument, really, isn't it? Is that the 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 jury is still out for some, and that's fair enough. But one thing that I will say is that he definitely doesn't seem as divisive as Michael Appleton was. Mm. Um, you know, for for better or for worse, um, I think Michael was quite closed off um, when it came to a lot of the the, um, the more public facing aspects of the job. Whereas Mark Kennedy's not afraid to to get his face out there and and show you know that he's he's a person um, as well as a football manager, you know, football coach. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that the ultimately. Um, I've, you know, I think we've always said that we, we want to be that critical friend to the club, and you know, we'll, we'll pull things up if they're getting things wrong. But right now, I've said this before, it feels like the club are doing a lot more right than they are wrong at the moment, um, and it seems like a little bit of the feel good factors back around the club and back around Central Bank. So, yeah, yeah. hopefully, hopefully that can continue uh, on Saturday, and we can grab. You know, grab three points and uh, keep pushing away up the table a little bit, and uh, you know, head towards that forty-point mark that I think is uh, usually considered safe. Forty, fifty. Uh, last, no, last year was a freak. Last year, last year was a freak that that Fleetwood set up on forty points, and I let Nappers know every week about it. But <laughs> you want to get to fifty. If we yeah. then if we're stuck on forty points, we're going to be playing the league two next year. May no, we no, won't no, be. No. We won't be. We'll be all right. <laughs> but, I mean, we're definitely not finishing bottom as uh, as certain podcasts predicted is going to be. So, um, but no, right. I think that's probably about it for this week's podcast. Is there anything else that we want to discuss? No, no, mate. I think we've. I think it's like you said. It's been a really slow news week, hasn't it? Which is, makes yeah. it a pain for podcasters like us. Lot. Um, but we've somehow got to 51 minutes, Ben, and uh, I, I don't know how we've done it, but here we are. We've, uh... because, it's because I use my experienced podcast hosting skills to think, shit, what has Gaz written about? And then I thought, yeah, he wrote about the 10 games thing. So <laughs> <laughs> I picked that up and I thought we'd talk about it because Gaz isn't doing it. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's uh, hopefully, you know, we, we can start moving up the table a little bit now and, and consolidating the position that we're in. Um, at, at worst um, like you say difficult month coming up but hopefully we can put a few more points on the board um, but until then we'll see you at the bank right. and up the imps up the imps it's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in.
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.